Welcome back. This is the Pound the Table podcast, and I am your host, the NFL Always Offseason GM Fred. Uh, we got a, a great week two slate lined up for you here. We're gonna we're gonna review week one, some of the the recent storylines, the big signings, uh, the big injuries, anything along those lines, and then we're gonna roll right over into week two preview, where we're gonna get into some of the, our favorite matchups, some of our favorite storylines, uh, and basically get into our picks too. We're going to be keeping a running total of that week to week, so that way we can uh, basically keep track of our successes and let you know about our failures. So let us know your thoughts. Otherwise, we're going to roll right over into the first part here. First up, for recent NFL news this week, uh, it came out early last week that right after the pod was released that TJ Watt had signed a, a record extension. It was a four-year, $112 million. It was about $28 million per year. I think it was right around $80 million guaranteed, uh, which is a, a record for a defensive player, makes him the highest-paid defensive player. And it's kind of funny how this contract came around. It's It was basically rumored that he, his agent was negotiating, saying, hey, I think we can get more. And he supposedly walks right into Art Rooney's office and says, nope, we're signing on the line. We're getting back to practice. Signs his contract, goes back to working out. So <laughs> the, the average person's going to think that that's an awesome story. So uh, good for TJ Watt, uh, the highest paid defensive player. I know he's been really close to winning that uh, defensive player of the year a couple times here now, so it's nice to see him get some recognition here and get some money for it. And then next up is going to be another extension. It's going to be regarding Marshawn Lattimore. And Marshawn Lattimore agreed to an extension for five years, $97.6 million. It'll be worth up to about $100 with $68 million guaranteed. And basically, he's not the highest paid corner, but he's getting the highest guarantee at signing for any quarterback in the NFL. So this is uh, interesting. It's probably going to help the Saints cap situation. I'm guessing it's going to help stretch some of his cap hit out in the future, uh, help lower that hit on the front end where they've really been suffering the past couple years and they had to really make some tough decisions this past year to figure out how they were going to get underneath the cap. So... That's a move that helps lock up one of the best cornerbacks in the league, Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, I still think he's a little bit behind like Jair and Jalen Ramsey, but he's still a top five, top ten guy in the league. So Saints keep their guy. And then next up, also uh, in Saints news, Bradley Roby goes to the Saints, a cornerback for the Houston Texans, in exchange for a third rounder plus a late conditional pick. So Bradley Roby has been known around the league as a high-level slot corner, and uh, the Saints outside of Adebo and Lattimore didn't have a lot of help. So they get a little bit of a flexibility here on the back end and get another guy that's a pretty top-notch starter in the NFL. So good for them. And uh, the Houstons get some more draft capital, which we all know that they should be collecting here, especially in their, their rebuilding state. In other extension news, we got Jordan Mailata of the Philadelphia Eagles agreeing to a four-year $64 million extension worth $40.85 million guaranteed. And this is newsworthy to me just for the fact that he's only got like 10 starts in their offense, which is impressive because he didn't even, they said he didn't even play football. He didn't never strapped on a helmet until he was, until three years ago when he got to the NFL. So they were really betting on some upside here, and they, they still kind of are with only 10 starts. But uh, good for Mylotta to get his money. But I'll be really curious to see how this one works out for them. 
And the last piece of extension news is going to be Naheem Hines ex- agreeing to an extension. Uh, three years, $18.6 million. And basically, this pays him like a top 10 running back in the league, which is interesting just because he's kind of more of like a situational role player kind of where he's catching those screens out of the backfield. He's kind of like a pass relief. He's not your typical, hey, let's let's pound the rock. Let's give it to him 20 times a game. Uh, mainly just due to his stature. He's like 5'7", 180, 190 pounds. But nonetheless, he gets paid. Uh, he's, he's carved out a valuable role in the Colts offense. They know what they're going to use him for. They know he's reliable. So... He gets an extension moving forward. And then the last piece of info was just some injuries that came across on the weekend. And essentially, uh, the biggest one that came down was the Ryan Fitzpatrick had a hip subluxation. I don't know. I think that's like a dislocation or something like that. But essentially, he'll be out for eight weeks. Uh, and Taylor Heineke's going to get a job, or he's going to get an opportunity to take that job. Uh, don't be surprised, especially after Heineke's a uh, little bit of playoff push at the end of the year last year, if he just tries to take this job and run with it. So the next piece of injury information here is also going to be the Mackay Becton is going to be missing uh, four to six weeks with, um, excuse me, I believe it is he had arthroscopic knee surgery to clean up some damaged cartilage in his knee. So uh, it seems to be like a little bit of a lingering injury that popped up here. And uh, he's going to get that cleaned up so he, he can help uh, support the Jets moving forward here. It's important to note that uh, he'll be, he normally protects uh, Zach Wilson's blind side. So they get to march up at uh, Foxborough with the New England Patriots. So we'll see how that ends up going. Um, most likely not as well as it would have with Mackay in the lineup. But nonetheless, here we are. And the last two injuries I wanted to make sure I hit on was the Raheem Mostert injury. So Raheem Mostert uh, suffered... Another cartilage injury in his knee. He's going to end up being out about eight weeks. And uh, the most surprising thing about the Raheem Mostert injury is the darling of the fantasy community has been Trey Sermon all offseason, basically saying how he's going to take that job from eventually. And basically, Trey Sermon was a healthy scratch. So look, they'll look to Elijah Mitchell in the backfield there. Uh, We know the Shanahan philosophy is kind of next guy up. And Raheem Mostert is going to miss significant time here. So... His injury woes continue, but as we know, uh, next guy up. Look forward to seeing what the shuffle in that backfield looks like throughout the entire year. And then there's one last injury that I wanted to make sure we hit on, and it was going to be the Jerry Judy injury. And uh, Jerry Judy has a high ankle sprain. It was a very gnarly-looking injury if you've seen the, the, the pictures. But the wide receiver for the Denver Broncos is that it could end up being out probably about six weeks Um could be a little slightly earlier in four, could be slightly later in eight. But uh, the high ankle sprain uh, is one of the ones that kind of nags at you throughout the entire year. It's not one that you entirely get over until the end of the year. But uh, it could have been much worse, could have been a broken ankle. So they kind of dodge a bullet there. So Jerry Judy, uh, one of the leading catchers on that Bronco offense, posed for a big breakout year, is going to be sidelined for a few weeks. Next up, we're just going to dive right into some of our favorite storylines from the weekend. And uh, I'm not going to hit on every single game each week here, but this is just going to be like our top five uh, like favorite moments from this past weekend or top five favorite games from this past weekend. And or basically the, the headlines that came out from the results from what we've seen. And the number one that came in for me in this, I don't know if it was just like nostalgia or something like kicking in because we hadn't had football in so long, but I went with the Buccaneers outscoring the Cowboys 
And I don't really think you could have had a much better, like, opening week game. The Buccaneers outscored the Cowboys, I think it was like 31-29. to 29. Uh, It had the drama. It had uh, basically Tom Brady come from behind. They get the game-winning field goal. But what surprised me most is the Cowboys were way more competitive in this game than I think anybody thought they were going to be. Dak was slinging it all over the yard. Didn't even look like he just came back from like this very serious ankle injury. Um, I know some people noted that his arm strength didn't quite look like it was there with the oblique injury, but he ends up throwing for three touchdowns, two of them to Amari Cooper. I think it was one to CeeDee Lamb. It was very impressive. I know Ezekiel Elliott never really got going. He looked healthy to me. I just think it was kind of how the game plan fell. I know I seen something too that uh, essentially they called in. It was like twenty nine run plays or twenty run plays, and uh, Dak ended up audibling out of them like twelve times. So it's kind of on Dak, but I mean he really showed up. He was he really was impressive. Uh, I definitely think that like if I, I tweeted this out after the game that if Dallas wins like ten plus games, Dak is going to be in the MVP conversation. That offense is the engine that makes it go, and it goes all through Dak. So I just thought that they were really impressive even in a loss, and the Buccaneers are the Buccaneers. Uh, they really overcame some serious turnover battles here with a couple, a fumble from Ronald Jones and a dropped, uh, excuse me, dropped pass from Leonard Fournette for a pick, and it just seemed like everything was going Dallas's way, and Tampa Bay still found a way to win. So that's going to be my number one storyline here from this past week. The second one that <laughs> is going to be coming in here, it's going to get hit close to home for me since I'm a big Packer fan and I actually picked the Packers to make the Super Bowl. But it's it's what's going on in Green Bay, man? Uh, 38-3 to against the New Orleans Saints led by Jameis Winston. Jameis throws for like 14, 15 completions for like four touchdowns. And they beat the Packers by like 35 points. Like Green Bay was like completely anemic on offense. They couldn't do anything. They, every drive just stalled out even before it even began, and their punter got to work out this weekend. I just kept looking, and what's even more troubling to me is Aaron Rodgers had three interceptions, two or three interceptions. I think it's three someone said yesterday. And the guy has maybe had four or five in an entire year. So he's already 75% way there, and it's I'm not going to hit the panic button because it's week one. In in the past, the Packers have been known to no-show like this, but this is just on a whole other level, especially to, of all quarterbacks, Jameis Winston was carving him up. And the early retor- returns on Joe Barry's defense, not good. So that's something they're going to have to figure out here. They're going to get every opportunity to do so. They're, they're, they're facing off with Detroit on Monday night this next week, so they should get a little bit longer a week to figure it out against uh, an opponent that's much win- more winnable than the New Orleans Saints. So... Rolling right into number three is going to be the the Chiefs still on the throne. So the big showdown this week was going to be the Chiefs and the Browns. And the Browns are supposed to be this up-and-coming team where they're ready to dethrone the Chiefs. They're ready to come for their title. And it just didn't happen this weekend. From Basically, from what it seemed like was that the Browns had outplayed them. They were more physical they were able to move the ball around it was just some them turnovers that shot themselves in the foot with like a baker mayfield interception at the wrong time and so on and uh like the ronnie stanley ejections and penalties and stuff like that it just, excuse me ronnie stanley ronnie harrison ejection so basically i mean it's not like the the chiefs threw this game away either it's 
they definitely earned it. I mean, you're talking three Patrick Mahomes touchdowns. He runs for another one. I mean, the dude's electric. He's the best quarterback in the game right now. He's and he's he's out there proving it week to week, and it's just tough to win against a team like that in an environment like that in a situation like that against a team that's so well coached. So, Chiefs still own the throne in the AFC, and they go out there and prove it again this week. The next game I wanted to hit on here was going to be the Pittsburgh Steelers at the Buffalo Bills here. And essentially, it's it's one of the most lopsided games you'll ever see just because when you look at the the stat line here, it's the Bills look like they dominated the whole game. It was They ended up losing 23-16, but they had 370 yards of offense compared to the 250 that the Steelers had. Uh, the, the, the main difference here is it looks like they had, you know, it was they were minus one in the turnover battle here. And when you're in a one-score game, turnover battle's huge, especially even in uh, when we're talking red zone stuff too. So the Buffalo Bills fall to the Pittsburgh Steelers week one is just definitely something I didn't see happening, especially with all the, the offensive line woes with the Steelers uh, starting a couple of rookies there. And uh, Najee Harris, it sounds like they were kind of trying to force feed the guy, but he just didn't have much to work with. And, I mean, with Ben Roethlisberger falling off a cliff this past season after elbow surgery, it was it wasn't expected that for them to come out and beat the runner up in the AFC this past year. So uh, maybe the, maybe the the Steelers are a little bit better than we think, and maybe the Bills aren't quite what we thought they were. So I know it's Week One; we don't want to have some knee jerk reactions, but uh, it's kind of where I'm at here with this team. Uh, hopefully, they can put it together here. They know they got a big showdown with I believe it's Miami this week for the Bills. So it'll be interesting to see that one. Next up on the most, or excuse me, not next up, but last up on the the most interesting storylines from the weekend is going to be the Philadelphia Eagles uh, laying waste to the Atlanta Falcons this past week, and it was it was not pretty, folks. It was uh, they really took it to them pretty much the entire game here. They they went thirty two to six. And from what my understanding is, Jalen Hurts is a pretty, pretty electric football player here. Like, this is a dude that ran for 62 yards and threw for 260 and three tutties. And early returns on Devontae Smith, good. Early returns on Jalen Rager with him, good. Uh, looks like Dallas Goddard's really ready to take over for Zach Hurts. I mean, those are the three touchdowns he throws. And the defense, I know it's had some issues in the past on the back end, but, I mean, that, that pass rush is still able to get home on the front end. And my main takeaway from this is Atlanta is much worse than I thought they were. I thought that they were going to have the worst defense in the league, and they very well probably do. I mean, this is a not impressive Philadelphia Eagles squad, in my opinion, and they just boat raced you for 434 yards with a guy that's making his – it's his first year with the starting reins. So uh, Atlanta, I, I'm not feeling very optimistic about your outlook on the season. And Philly, you're a little bit better. But, I mean, this is a showdown of two bad teams. But I, I think the Philadelphia Eagles stock is moving in the, the right way here. They got a couple pieces that were really impressive. In Atlanta, there's there's not much uh, to, to be thankful or happy about here. Uh, as n- not really anybody stood out, not even Ridley, not even Pitts. So there should be some cause for concern if you're uh, an Ad- Atlanta and ATL fan here. So next up, we're going to be looking forward to week two of the NFL season here. And uh, before we dive into our picks for the week, I just wanted to review how we did this past week. 
And this past week, we were, <laughs> wasn't the best week we've ever had, or best week I've ever had in general. But uh, we were 9-7 and seven out of the 16 games. Uh, the, the heavy hitters here, the, the Monday night game with the Ravens losing and Green Bay losing were some big ones for me as well. And I, I was much higher on Atlanta than I was Philadelphia, and it turns out I was I was very wrong there. And the Buffalo pick also coming back to, to kind of bite me in the rear end. But 9-7, and seven, you know, we're still over 500, so it's a good start to the year, especially with the, the tumultuous week one that you normally see. So heading into week two, some of our favorite matchups is going to be the number one that's going to be on my list is going to be the Bills and the Dolphins. So this is a, it's two teams that I expect big things of this year. I, I mean, I was predicting like 15 and two, 14 and three, uh, 16 and one for the Buffalo Bills and like the, the Miami Dolphins I have right there in second place in the East. I think they're going to be 14 and three, 13 and four. I think it's going to be an extremely competitive division, and I think that these two are the the, the, the crown jewels in the East. And right now, Miami looks to be in the driver's seat. So I'll, I'll be interested to see how that's uh, it's going to unfold, and I think this is going to be a, a good snapshot of what's to come in the East this year. Next up, uh, at the number two matchup in Week 2, I have the Cowboys and the Chargers. And this is mainly because I thought the Cowboys, I mean, I was extremely impressed, especially with Mike McCarthy's play calling and that offense just in general. And, I mean, they're going against the former uh, champs there with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and they were extremely impressive. So I'm really curious to see how they can do against a team that's not quite as the same caliber as the Buccaneers, but they're, they're still no slouches. The, the Chargers are a legitimate team, and I'm very curious to see how the, the Cowboys are going to match up with them. I think that defense is just as good as Tampa Bay's, but that offense isn't going to be able to quite sling it as much as Tampa Bay did against them. So maybe they get the edge there, maybe they don't, but... Nonetheless, it'll be a good showdown with the Cowboys and the Chargers. And then the last matchup that might have lost some of its luster after the, the Monday night game, but I still, in, in my opinion, it's still must-see TV when these two square off, is going to be the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. So Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson square off. As, as we know, they're the same draft. Uh, they've both been MVP of the league. They're both still very young ascending quarterbacks, and I think Lamar was a little bit uh, underwhelming uh, against that uh, week at Las Vegas defense. And they're going to have something to prove coming off that Monday night game. So they get to square off with the excuse me, man, uh, the AFC uh, representatives in this past year. And I, that's just something that's always must-see TV when these two square off. Even with all these Baltimore injuries, I think they're hurting a little bit more than uh, we give them credit for, especially that, that Marcus Peters injury in the secondary. But... Uh, I think Lamar Jackson's got to show up. You can't show up like he did last week, and especially against a defense like he did last week. It's going to be a true test this week. An 0-2 start is very tough to come back from, and they're they're knocking on the door of it. So Kansas City and uh, Baltimore Ravens is going to have a, a special star next to it on my schedule. And rolling right over into our Week 2 picks, so we're going to go down the list here and, and basically make our selections. I've been trying to make these into a parlay for the weekend, so <laughs> I'm not going to recommend you do that. Uh, this isn't gambling advice or anything like that. I'm not sure what state anybody <laughs> listening to this is going to be in, but uh, I'm pretty confident in my picks, especially after going over 500 last week, that we're going to roll into this week even better. So... First matchup of the week is going to be a Thursday night showdown with the New York Giants visiting the Washington football team. And the New York Giants looked t- 
terrible week one, and Daniel Jones looks like he has not taken that step. So in this game, I'm definitely leaning towards the Washington football team, even without uh, Fitzmagic here rolling into the contest with him sitting out a few weeks, as we talked about at the beginning of the pod. Uh, I just think that that Washington defense is too good. It's too good to lose to a team like the New York Giants. And Daniel Jones, his turnover woes continue. I, I'm extremely concerned. Like, I don't know if he's going to be a, a viable starting option in the, moving forward in the future here. And I just think that that Washington team has too many parts around it to fail. I mean, Antonio Gibson, those receivers, uh, Terry McLaurin's going to do Terry McLaurin things, and that defense is just absolutely elite. So I'm really excited about the Redskins. I mean, we've seen what they did with Heineke in the playoffs last year. So I'm rolling with the Redskins in week, or the, the Thursday night football game this week in week two. Then the next matchup is going to be the Cincinnati Bengals at the Chicago Bears. And if anybody tuned into the Sunday night game, I, you were probably wondering how this game got slated for a Sunday night game because it was awful. And I'm I'm on the same side as you here. I don't think the Chicago Bears, until they can get Justin Fields in there, are going to be exciting at all. And if you're following along with our Twitter page, I don't think Justin Fields should be playing anytime soon because you just had your starting left tackle get hurt. Then you got your backups at left tackle get hurt. So now you're without three of your top four offensive tackles. So that, that's extremely concerning for a young quarterback. So I think you're going to have to play Andy Dalton in this game. And on top of that, Cincinnati just beat fellow division rival Minnesota last week and looked pretty impressive doing it in overtime. So I'm, I'm rolling with the Cincinnati Bengals here on the road. I think they're, they're going to clean up. And I, I, Joe Burrow was impressive. The connection with Jamar Chase was there. So I'm... Definitely Cincinnati Bengals with this one. Then next up, it's going to be Houston Texans at the Cleveland Browns. And I know the Cleveland Browns lost week one. It's to the Kansas City Chiefs. We can't overreact to that. And I know the Houston Texans won, but we can't overreact to that because look who they're playing. They're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars, who look, let's be honest, a little bit like a dumpster fire this last week with Urban Meyer's first game. So I'm going Cleveland here. I think they're going to roll. Uh, I know this, I think the spread's like 12 and a half points on this, which is kind of crazy. It's like one of the biggest ones I've ever seen. But I, I'm going to stick away from that. But I'm, I'm rolling with the Cleveland Browns. I think that they're, they're definitely got this in the bag here. They're going to get back on the right track, one and one, as they ho- have some, some serious uh, high hopes headed into the, the year this year. Next game is going to be the LA Rams at the Indianapolis Colts. And... In another showdown where I was extremely unimpressed with the Indianapolis Colts. They got, I think it was like 10, 11 points that the Seattle Seahawks beat them by this past week. And even with Carson Wentz starting, uh, I just don't like their weapons they got on the outside there. Uh, Zach Pascoe kind of emerged as their top-notch uh, guy on the outside as opposed to Michael Pittman, who we'd heard about a uh, breakout year all year about him. But I just think that the L.A. Rams look dangerous on Sunday. Uh, going against the Chicago Bears. Uh, McVay really was able to unleash uh, Matt Stafford, and he looked extremely impressive, over 300 yards and three tutties. So I'm, I'm rolling with the L.A. Rams here on the road at Indianapolis. And Indianapolis, I, I, I know we didn't have them slated to win a ton of games. I think we ended up predicting them to go 8-9. But an 0-2 start is, I don't want to say it's a death sentence, but it's not good. The, I mean, the positive news here is you're in the AFC South, who's, terrible division so they're still in it by all means but the LA Rams I think are gonna gonna take it to them this Sunday and then next up is gonna be one of my favorite games this week 
and it's going to be Buffalo at Miami. And Buffalo goes on the road to Miami, who Miami gets a dub this last weekend at other fellow uh, AFC East team, the New England Patriots. And now they get a home a home tilt against the Buffalo Bills, who I have slated to win this division. And I'm rolling with the Buffalo Bills here. I think they get back on track. Like I said, it's it's really tough to go 0-2 and be a competitive team here. So I, I think the Bills are going to right the ship. Like I said, they had a ton of offense last week. They just got to start capitalizing in the red zone here. And Miami's defense is the real deal. And as long as Tua protects the ball and doesn't turn it over, which it seems like he's, he's very capable of doing, they're going to be in pretty much every game all year. So I, I really just think that this is going to be a heavyweight battle here of defenses. Uh, Buffalo Bills are no slouches on defense. And I think the Buffalo Bills come out on top just because that offense is a little bit more electric than the one that's in Miami right now. Next up on the Week 2 tilt is going to be the New England Patriots at the New York Jets. And we get a showdown of the rookie quarterbacks here with Mac Jones versus Zach Wilson at the Meadowlands there. But uh, I'm going New England here, guys. Uh, that New York Jets team is just not impressive. That defense is it's a little rough up front. I know that Zach Wilson didn't look too bad. He had over 250 yards and two tutties this past week. He had a really good connection with Corey Davis throwing it down the field. But I just I can't get on board with this roster just with how many holes they have on the defense and the offense outside of Corey Davis. And there's just not much in that running back committee in the back. And Mekhi Becton's now out. I just have a ton of concerns with what, what's going on there. So I'm going New England Patriots. Mac Jones won't have to do a ton. It was clear that they had a running, they were able to run the ball this past Sunday, and that that's going to be their mantra moving forward here. So I'm getting on board with the New England train. I just think that defense is nasty too. So rolling right over to the next game of the week, and we are looking at the San Francisco 49ers at the Philadelphia Eagles. So the San Francisco 49ers got out to a hot start this last week. They were beating up on the Detroit Lions. Uh, they scored a ton of points, and they ended up letting the, the Lions come back into that game, and they only won by about eight. So it touched down. It was a one-score game at that point, essentially. Uh, I, I think it was more so of, hey, we're going to coast. We're going we're gonna to pound the rock. We're going to try to get or keep the ball out of our quarterback's hands, keep the ball on the ground, run the clock down. And then it was just slowly creeping back in with some garbage time playing for the Detroit Lions. But nonetheless, uh, San Francisco still looks like a juggernaut. I think that they're going to put up a ton of yards in this game. Philadelphia was a little bit surprising in week one, so it'll be a true test here to see if they're, you know, are, are you a legit contender or are we kind of pretender, week one pretenders here? So I think that that San Fran defense is going to be almost two or three times better than what that Atlanta defense was this last week. This is going to be a true test. We're going to find out if Jalen Hurts can play or not this week. And I just think that it comes down to when you look at it, that defense is better and that offense is better. And when you're better on both sides of the ball, you normally win football games. So I'm going uh, with the San Francisco 49ers here. And we've got a little bit of a trend developing here. I picked a ton of road teams this week. Uh, I just I just don't like the matchups at home for some of these guys. But uh, next the next matchup is going to be an interesting one because we get two teams here that won in week one that I really wasn't expecting to win. And we get the Las Vegas Raiders, or excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders at the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I'm I'm leaning for Pittsburgh on this one, guys. I I'm just not a believer in this Las Vegas team. I'm not impressed. I don't 
I don't think that defense is fixed. I think they get I think they get a little lucky with how the Ravens were kind of you know dragged down by some of these injuries. You know maybe it was a mentality thing with the Baltimore Ravens. I don't know. I don't know anything about that locker room. But I think they kind of got lucky in this Week One matchup. They kind of caught the Ravens right at the right time where they were kind of reeling from these injuries. And I think you're going to run into a buzzsaw with the Pittsburgh Steelers. They just beat a good Buffalo Bills team. They're going to be riding an all-time high. They're going to be at home. It's, it's a, it's a cross-country trip here. I think we're going to see the Pittsburgh Steelers win this pretty handily against the Las Vegas Raiders, now that I'm taking a look at it. The next matchup is going to be the New Orleans Saints at the Carolina Panthers. And the Saints looked extremely impressive in Week 1. Extremely impressive. They beat the Packers by 35 points, a team that I have going to the Super Bowl with a guy that hasn't started a football game in over an entire calendar year. So that is, I'm, I'm, I'm impressed by this coaching by Sean Payton. This is stuff you don't see, guys. Like this is, this is like some real poetic stuff that you don't see. This is what, this is what sets the great ones apart from the bad ones. Um, I think that they're going to come back down to earth here. It's a, it's a divisional opponent in the. Carolina Panthers, who did beat the New York Jets in this past week, and not very impressively. It was only a, like a two-point game. I think it was 19-17 or something like that. And Sam Darnold didn't throw the game away, and that's going to be kind of the mantra most of the time here. You know, he's got a ton of weapons around him. He's got every opportunity to, to get the ball out to these guys that are serious workhorses, and Christian McCaffrey, and Robbie Anderson, and uh, excuse me, DJ Moore, and then the rookie Terrence uh, Marshall. So I think that this offense is it's loaded and it's ready to rock. And I think that they're going to get the home field advantage here playing at their stadium there in Carolina. And I'm going to roll with them over the New Orleans Saints. I think they, the Saints come back down to earth after this one. Next up is going to be the Denver Broncos at the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Jacksonville Jaguars looked like they had a rookie starting quarterback because they did. Trevor Lawrence looked like a rookie. Three touchdowns, three picks. Uh, the good news is is he's a rookie, so there's time to come back from it. The bad news is you're probably going against one of the best defenses in the league this week. And Denver proved it, that they're top-notch and they're ready to rock. So I'm going with Denver here. Teddy Bridgewater's not going to throw the game away very often. they got two running backs in the backfield that Melvin Gordon looked even better than Javante Williams, which was the opposite storyline heading into the year. And I know they got Jerry Judy sitting on the sideline, but they still got enough guys behind them with Corton Sutton, Noah Fant, and uh, K.J. Hamler that they can still be competitive even with him on the sidelines. So I'm rolling Denver Broncos at Jacksonville. Book it. Next up, it's going to be Minnesota at Arizona. And I'm just going to take a quick minute here and enjoy my victory lap on this Arizona team because it seems like everybody was down on them this heading into this year. Except me. I had the Arizona going 11-6 and or 12-5 and and making the playoffs. And they looked like a complete football team this weekend. They beat the brakes off a Tennessee Titans team that is actually favored to win the AFC South. So I'm going to take a victory lap here and enjoy it because Kyler Murray looked absolutely electric. This looks like a guy that is going to be competing for an MVP like he did last year the first six weeks. This looked like a guy, this looked like a Cliff Kingsbury-led team that's going to save his job. He's going to make, be the guy. He's going to make the playoffs. So I'm going to enjoy my victory lap here, and it's going to roll right on into this week because the Minnesota Vikings lost to a Cincinnati team that I didn't think was very good, 
but I also don't think they're very bad. But, I mean, you're going against a buzzsaw. This is a team that is way better. Chandler Jones had five sacks in week one. I read a stat. He's on pace for 85, five over 17 weeks. <laughs> that, that, that's bananas, man. He's playing with a guy with J.J. Watt, Marcus Golden. Uh, who cares who's playing defensive back on the backside? You got these guys up front. You can you can play roll anybody out there on the backside. So I love the Cardinals. I think they're going to win at home here against the Minnesota Vikings. And that's actually one of my favorite picks this week. Moving right on to the next uh, slated game here. It's going to be the Atlanta Falcons at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And as we talked about previously, the Atlanta Falcons look bad. They look like they just don't even have a clue on defense at this point. You're giving up 400-plus yards to the Philadelphia Eagles, who I thought were going to win three or four football games this year. So uh, you're coming in with the world champs. You're going into their house. Doesn't look good for you guys, ATL. I'm going Buccaneers here, and I'm going pretty handily. Uh, I know the spread's pretty big. I don't know if they're going to cover it or not. I'm not going to get the details there, but I'm rolling with Tampa Bay in this, this matchup. And then one of our game of the weeks here, uh, it's going to be the Dallas Cowboys at the Los Angeles Chargers. And the Chargers look pretty impressive. They beat a they beat a banged-up team with uh, Fitzmagic falling out of that contest. They still have Heineke rolling in. And the Dallas Cowboys looked pretty good against the, the world champs. Um, they threw up a ton of points. They threw up a ton of yardage. Dak looked like he was prime Dak. I think they're going to get back to their, their bread and butter here. They're going to start feeding Zeke a little bit more this week. It's going to be a much more manageable, balanced game plan here, which they're going to need it because that, that Los Angeles defense with Brandon Staley at the helm is nothing to to wave a finger at here. I, and I'm gonna, But I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. I, I was extremely impressed with Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott looks like he's a bona fide MVP this year. He's going to carry that team, and I, I – I don't think it goes past two weeks without looking for a win here. So I'm going Dallas Cowboys over to Los Angeles Chargers on the road. The next matchup is going to be the Tennessee Titans at the Seattle Seahawks. And the Seahawks get back home here. They're going to get the uh, the 12th man involved. And <laughs> I think they're going to beat a reeling Tennessee team. Tennessee looked bad against Arizona. They looked like they didn't know how to handle Kyler Murray. And they get another mobile quarterback in Russell Wilson here. That's going to be just as deadly, if not even more. He's a better passer. That offense is going to be absolutely jumping out to leads just because that defense look, with Tennessee looks like it's got a ton of holes in it. So I'm rolling with Seattle at home against the Tennessee Titans. And then for the last matchup of the week here, we're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs at the Baltimore Ravens. Sorry about that. Um, and as we talked about before, this is one of the game of the weeks. It's going to be must-see TV when we have uh, Lamar Jackson squaring off with Patrick Mahomes. And uh, honestly, I I think that the, the injuries are going to hit the Baltimore Ravens a little bit more than we think that they're going to. And I think the Kansas City is not going to get their best their best punch. It's, it's still must-see TV just because these two are squaring off. And I think Lamar's he's entering territory where he's just absolutely electric and teams don't know how to stop him. And he's going to really prove that this week. But I'm still going to roll with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that offense is way too good. And that defense, getting Tyron Matthew back, is going to be great in spurts. And this week's going to be one of those spurts. So I'm rolling with Kansas City at Baltimore. And then the last matchup is going to be the Detroit Lions at the Green Bay Packers. And... Um, I just don't, I can't see the, the Packers losing to the Lions. They've owned the Lions recently. The Lions look like a football team that's, that, that's at the bottom of it, trying to ascend up. But 
I'm rolling Green Bay here. Aaron Rodgers gets back on track. They get the running game going. Defense is going to look notably better against a team that doesn't have much offense outside of their run game. So I'm rolling Green Bay at home on Monday night. So that's going to be it. Uh, let us know what you thought of our picks. We appreciate everybody tuning into the pod this week. Um, we're going to keep rolling it out week to week with the storylines, the recent news, and the picks. Uh, if you want to roast us on the picks, that's fine with me. I've been uh, I've been fighting off the trolls on Twitter this week anyway. So let us know your thoughts. Subscribe, rate, review, and we appreciate everybody tuning in. We'll see you next week.